Welcome back to episode 105 of Chess Journeys, Tales of Adult Improvement. Here in Chess Journeys, we love to explore rating gains and glory and all that, but that is not the norm. If you're me and you've lost 150 rating points in four months, you might think you're in a pit of despair. And if you are, welcome to the pit. It's terrible. All right. If you want to support the show, you can go to Patreon Chess Journeys. And I want to thank Matt Bush, Jay Garrison, Don Rich Burgess, Brandon Hallside, David Schreiber, Lindsay Newhall, Jeff Peterson, Tobias Rex, Bob Berger, Nicholas Harrigan, and our king-level supporter, Ian Samples. You can always get merch on the merch store. My daughter's always checking to see who bought our glorious mugs that we made together. I have been streaming quite a bit more on uh, Dr. Skull underscore Tiny Grimes. I did Untitled Tuesday this week, and I lost to no 700s. It was a great improvement. Uh, if you want to check out the YouTube channel, you can. I'm thinking about making some of these uh, uh, moments into clips there to do some short content. We'll see how that goes. And if you want to appear on the show, you can fill out the Google form in the show notes. We all do want to hear your story. And if you're interested in Noel Studer's awesome next level training program, there is a code in the show notes and you can use that to support the show. Uh, and now I want to turn to our guest of the day. He's Joe Bruin. You may know him as a uh, prolific chess streamer, but I knew him as just Joe, a guy who I met at a tournament who went to UCLA and then he beat me and we became mortal enemies. So, uh, Joe, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. And have you had a chance to play any chess yet today? Hi, welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. I I did play a game of chess today, actually. Ooh, how'd it go? I ended up losing on time, but I did play. <laughs> so was it like a 45-45 uh, game? No, it was a three-minute blitz game. Okay, three zero. Is that your time control? Yeah, yeah. No, actually, my, my main time control online is five zero. Oh, okay, it's five zero. So I play three zero, and I'm like, I gotta get a quick game in. I I did that today too. I almost never play three two, and we had our interview scheduled, and I was like, I got time for a quick three two, and it went great until until it didn't, and then I lost. Mm. So yeah, that that has that happens a lot. Yeah, yeah. Things That's, go that, great until they don't. That is definitely my story of three minute time controls, like. Uh, I make horrible blunders and three minute time controls. I'll just hang whole pieces. It's it's uh it's really embarrassing actually. <laughs> but uh, you know, as long as you know you're blundering. I mean, some people make blunders without even knowing. Ooh, yeah, that's tough. Well, Joe, um, why don't we start here? When did you start playing chess? Did you play as a little kid? Did you just pick it up uh, at UCLA? When did you pick up chess? So I learned as a kid, but. Never played in any tournaments or anything like that. Just played with like my brother sometimes. Um, and then played a little bit at school when there was some chess. Um, but never seriously, never had a coach or any lessons or like I said, playing any, any tournaments. Um, and then I just stopped uh just because there was just no one in my life that was really interested in chess, even though I enjoyed it all the times that I did play. Uh, but then I moved high schools halfway through. So I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, which is the chess capital. Uh, wow. But like, had no idea about that at the time. Was it uh, the chess capital then? I don't think it was. I think Rex Singfield started as like maybe early 2010s. Okay. Um, I'm not entirely sure the history. But what I do know is that I moved to California um, 
And that's when I really started playing chess because I was super bored because I lost basically all my friends. So I looked up like how to play against people online and found chess.com. And that same summer, I think it was like, well, it might've been the next year, but Sinkfield Cup happened. And I saw that on YouTube. And that's how I found out about the St. Louis Chess Club. And I was like, oh my God, like I could have been there. That was <laughs> such bad timing. Uh, but I, I was like, that's, that's so cool. Like I, I would have never guessed that St. Louis would have had the best players in the world showing up for that tournament. Yeah, it's still hard for me to believe. It's also such a wild story that you moved from St. Louis to California and we're bored in California missing St. Louis and then St. Louis has the great chess scene and it feels like a topsy-turvy world right, that you're explaining yeah it's very ironic um and when I tell people I'm from St. Louis they're like oh that's why you play chess and I'm like no actually I I only started after I left so it's kind of uh sad timing but um I got super into it my first year I was pretty bad of course but I joined my high school's chess club basically just to try to make some friends. But then by the next year, I'd like become the president of the club and I was like the best player and like competing in all these different scholastic tournaments. And like the first thing I did when I went to UCLA was join the chess club. Oh, that's cool. Um, so let's start, I guess, with your beginnings on chess.com. Like you say you weren't very good. Like where, where'd you start at? Were you in like the, uh, you know, two hundreds, the eight hundreds, where'd you start? I think like the first week of playing, if you look at my chess.com like rating graph, it was around like six hundred. Oh, nice. Okay. Six hundred. That's a good start. And what'd you do to get better in that period? Did you just play a lot of chess? So I was watching a lot of youtube videos and and playing a lot so yeah i was playing a lot and i was doing like the puzzles on my phone like every single day you have like a limit of like five puzzles i think a day so i was doing that um but uh yeah i think playing and like reviewing your games afterwards doing the game analysis and and like i said the the, the last thing i was doing was uh watching a lot of youtube content and um this one YouTuber I was watching, I give a lot of credit to. Um, it's Jerry from the Chess Network, if you know him. Mm, yeah, I've heard his name a lot. Yeah, I don't know if you do shout outs on the podcast, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Shout out to Jerry. I still watch his his streams. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it feels like Jerry from the Chess Network is uh, was a critical source for a lot of people like pre twenty twenty. And then everyone who started like post pandemic, it's usually Gotham chess is their like yeah. starting point. So it's interesting. Uh, there was another guy, uh, his name's Kevin from the chess website, which I feel like is a real throwback because <laughs> I, I don't, <laughs> that could be, I, I would have never imagined that was you. And I just didn't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't playing chess then. So it definitely wasn't me. Um. Well, yeah, I I remember just those were the two guys on YouTube I was watching back then. Um, I don't know if Kevin still does anything or not, but mm. um, and then obviously I, I think a lot of people liked a Godmator's videos, uh, but I always just thought like Jay was super in depth with the detail, and that was really beneficial for me. Whereas a Godmator was just kind of like reviewing cool games, gotcha. um, which is like obviously still beneficial but 
like if you want to get into actual like learning of you know principles and certain techniques and like variations i think it's super valuable to to see the thought process of like a titled player and and try to take away like some lessons from that hmm. yeah that seems really reasonable um it looks like so you said you were playing in scholastic terms did you start playing in those kind of right away after you started playing on chess.com or did you take a bit of time no so i was playing a lot like over the summer that i had moved and then once school started i joined the chess club and still wasn't like competing at that time there they told me about this one tournament uh that i did end up joining and i did really poorly but it was like a game a week for a couple weeks and then i think it was my my it was like towards the end of the school year i started joining uh actual like uscf tournaments it actually it might have been my senior year mm. that i joined because my first ever uscf tournament was in 2013 yeah uh i was doing a summer class at uc berkeley and they have like a farmer's market once a week and they close off the entire road and um there's like this one table where the the berkeley chess club set up and like i found them that way and started playing there and they're like yeah you should join our our like meetings we have a tournament i just checked it out and joined that and then yeah i was like the senior year i I went back and started playing these classic tournaments and by that time i had been doing a lot better and um yeah it was a lot of fun yeah because it looks like your first rating is 1676 and then that's only three games and you just played one more game and you're all the way up to 1809 already. I was like, that's a pretty amazing starting point. Yeah. So it's funny. My USCF is like really weird. Um, I don't fully remember like my chess.com like rating or improvement, but like I talked to some of my friends that are like literally titled. And even one of my friends is a national master. He told me he didn't get to a thousand USCF until after um, like 20 something tournaments. Yeah, he said like twenty four tournaments. Whereas for me, the one tournament I played in at UC Berkeley, I got really lucky because the first guy I beat, the first game I actually ever played, the guy was rated eighteen twenty. He's an older gentleman, and he was like organizing, uh, the tournaments at Berkeley for like twenty plus years. And like at the time, I was just like seventeen years old, so I was like really intimidated. But he he made like a pretty bad blunder. Um, I remember it was a Vienna game that he played and I ended up beating him, but my position was horrible. And he, I think had also just played a game. So he was pretty tired. Um, so I got really lucky beating an 1800, my first ever USCF game. Uh, cause I, I didn't think I was actually like that good. And it was like, my USCF was higher than my chess.com, which is like <laughs> really rare. rare. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I lucked out on my first tournament because I, I guess I did well enough to to get a pretty high rating. And then like I was like 1800 when I joined the Scholastic tournaments and the next highest rated player was like 1300. So <laughs> it seems like that would be a recipe for ratings disaster. Like you have to win every game or your rating tanks hard <laughs> and it didn't. So did you just crush everybody? So, so I... <laughs> There, there were five tournaments that I played in, and each tournament was five games each. 
Mm. So I played 25 games and I won 24 out of the 25. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there was one player that, that beat me. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess that didn't impact my rating too much. Did that player become your nemesis? No, but it was funny. The first time we played, they told me they were like a president of a different high school's chess club. So they yeah. kind of like were looking for some smoke, you know, and yeah. I just beat them. And then they ended up getting their revenge the last game. But hmm. it was fun. Okay. So what was it like being like, so you're what, a high school senior? And are you playing like a whole room of young, low rated kids? Um, so it was mostly kids from like, yeah, elementary school, middle school, but there were also like other high schools there as well competing. Mm -hmm. So that was actually really fun because, um, they had trophies for individuals and then they had trophies for like, uh, team, like schools essentially. So our school had been competing in these tournaments for years and like, they didn't really have a, a good team. And so. I was going and essentially winning every single tournament and like also helping our team win the team trophy, which was really exciting because our like host of the chess club was one of my teachers and he was like super excited about it. Yeah, that's really fun. So now there's like this hall of champions. That's like the Joe Lee hall of champions. (laughs) And now that you're a streamer, they just have your stream on loop next to all the trophies. No, I I, I actually doubt that my high school... (laughs) uh knows anything about me um maybe my teacher remembers me but i i don't think that he knows that i stream so they don't have like a once a year joe bruin day and you come and sign autographs and stuff. <laughs> absolutely not it's really unfortunate <laughs> i mean like the ucla chess club knows me better um because i've been like so in touch with them um mm-hmm. and like i mean they i i think you're over exaggerating how uh important i am to these chess clubs (laughs) doesn't seem like it you you took your team single-handedly from chumps to champions that was like a decade ago (laughs) people gotta have memories uh i mean listen i i'm i'm all for living in my glory days but uh i don't think that they care that much anymore okay well that's too bad well it sounds like you had quite a run so i guess i'm i'm wondering like in a pretty short time it sounds like you went from like 600 on chess.com to 1800 crushing all the kids we're all scared of so what did you do in this period to get so good so fast literally i i told it's like i'm just playing online i'm doing my daily puzzles and i'm watching youtube videos and it's it's that like to the max essentially what does that mean to the max it's just like i had no life I, i just moved states i have zero friends so uh, I was super bored and just playing chess all day, every day, uh, just watching YouTube videos. Um, so yeah, like I got to what 1800 USCF, but like my chess.com at that point, I was like 1500. <laughs> wow. That's um, fascinating. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Do you feel like your 1800 was propped up a bit by just being able to beat 1300s all all over the place or do you think you really were about 1800 um well i don't i don't know how accurate it was because like like i said the first term i played at berkeley was really good uh because i i beat an 1800 
So I feel like that probably helps a lot. Um, and then I remember I had friends that were keeping an eye on like how much my USCF rating was, was improving after those tournaments. Cause I would beat like five, you know, like 1200 rated players. And they would tell me like, Oh, your rating went up by like one point or two points or something. And I'm like, awesome. You know, it's like, yeah, that's true. Um, it went up two points in one tournament four in another. I, I have no idea. Like I haven't even looked at my USCF, but you know, I think it's, it's funny to say like how much, uh, you know, I, I got, I got good in like a short time span, but the reality is, is I'm actually still 1800 USCF. <laughs> so, <laughs> like after 10 years, like my rating hasn't really, like my rating gains have, have been pretty much only on chess.com. Um, mm -hmm. I did break 1900 USCF and then the last couple tournaments I played in, I, I lost a lot of rating, but, um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really care too much about my ratings in general. Um, but like probably I was overrated at the time and now I'm, I'm probably appropriately rated, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting because when you started playing, um, different people, your rating didn't really go down much. It was like, you seemed to do fine in the amateur team West and, you actually, I think you net lost points in your 24 out of 25 run. It looks like you actually lost rating points by winning. Well, yeah, I mean, because <laughs> the one guy I lost to, like I said, I think is the highest next rated player is like 1300. So yeah. it doesn't surprise me. That's pretty amazing, though. I've never heard of anyone who went 24 out of 25 and lost a bunch of rating. Probably because right, well. I'm overrated. I I'm not. I haven't even looked at my own rating graph. I'm like curious now to look at kind it. Kind of amazing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it looks like you really actually then. So it looks like actually you stopped playing at least tournament chess for a few years. There was that you graduated from college. Was that you got serious about college? What happened there? So so my first tournaments were in high school. I. I played the one at Berkeley and then the five my senior year. So that's like six tournaments. And then I, I went to college. And like I said, the first thing I did was join the chess club. Mm -hmm. uh, but like, obviously my studies were like higher priority. Um, even like, I think if you look at my online rating graph too, there's like a kind of like a lull that I didn't play very much. Um, but I think that I joined US Amateur Team West my, my freshman year. So I did play the tournament then and then I think I tried to join a tournament at like the LA chess club in Santa Monica and played there for once. Uh and then I like played a couple like school tournaments that weren't USCF rated. Cause I don't even remember the next tournament I like I don't even know if I played more than two tournaments throughout college. Um yeah. I definitely played US Amateur Team West the year after I graduated which was 2019. Okay. And that was a fun tournament, but um oh, I played in the Pacific Coast, but that was that was not during actually no. I don't think I played that during college. Yeah, Anyways, it looks like that was after. Yeah, so uh so yeah, I, I just through college I I wasn't competing very much. Um I was too busy or just not aware of the tournaments or i mean obviously i was still heavily invested in chess like i was running tournaments and like running the club meetings and going multiple days a week and 
playing, you know, around campus and, uh, yeah, doing all sorts of chess stuff still, but just not competing in, in tournaments. Yeah, it looks like um, while you were at UCLA, for most of the time, I was teaching at UCLA. So did you ever take a class with one Dr. Skull? I, I guess not. I guess you would have remembered too, huh? I don't know. They were pretty big lecture halls. I well, don't what, were, what were you teaching? I was teaching a lot of religion courses. So like religion and violence was the, the big one that I taught regularly. And I taught a bunch of other ones and like the religious studies department. Yeah, that wouldn't have been me <laughs> that wasn't where you were I aiming was not there no okay well that's too bad there's a kind of a big campus we might not have well, just run into each other you should have joined the chess club uh yeah so i wasn't playing chess then that was part of my 20 year um chess absence so otherwise i definitely oh. would have. yeah i gave it up to go back to grad school so that i could put all of my focus on it okay Okay, so you go to college, you join the UCLA Chess Club. Even though you're part of the chess club, you just don't really have time for USCF chess because you are got friends, you're studying, things like that. Um, Well, I joined the USA Amateur Team West my first year because we went as like a team. It was really fun. It was something that our chess club did together. That's and cool. um, I don't know like what happened. I, I don't know if we just like lost interest or didn't have enough players to go to like the next ones um or maybe like i know they switch between like norcal and socal every year so i remember my freshman year it was in irvine and we were able to share like a uber ride or whatever there uh so then probably the next year they did it like in norcal and it was like too far for us yeah um sense. and then like by the next year i don't even know if we character had a team or whatever something must have happened but like i think ultimately we just weren't uh aware of local tournaments like we weren't looking for it um yeah or at least i wasn't you're just having fun playing with each other yeah nice so was there like a culture of studying chess or was it just like we're just having fun we hang out we play chess yeah it was mostly like the people that were part of the club were just going to these weekly meetings and just playing casually and um we would get dinner afterwards a lot of times and play bug house and stuff like that and then like like i said a freshman year we all went to this thing as a team and then maybe people like graduated and like attention died down like it's yeah. it's hard in chess clubs in college like yeah pre-pandemic like chess wasn't that popular uh still and like it was hard to find people that liked chess, uh, but like the people that liked it and went every week, like I had a ton of fun playing each other and making friends that way. Um, and like, I was really surprised that there weren't like annual competitions between UCLA and USC, for example. Yeah. Like I was sure. like, all right, when are we going to play against these other colleges? Right. Like Berkeley for happen? sure. Uh, so, so yeah, like us amateur team West, I was like, Oh, team event. Like, that's so cool. Like teams of chess. Like, I didn't know there were team chess events. Like that was the first time I'd heard of it. And so I was like, all right, let's play against like USC or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, like we've played against them before. And when we went there, they like, didn't yet, didn't even have a team registered. And I was like, that's so sad. Um, so like my sophomore year, USC actually held a tournament with a bunch of different colleges invited 
So we went and competed there. And then my, my third year, I was like, all right, let's do this again. But like, we'll host it at UCLA. Yeah. And we started this like California chess league for colleges. Um, and like did it again, my senior year. And then I graduated. And so then they try to keep the tradition alive of hosting it at UCLA and then COVID happened and they had to do it like online. Uh, and that kind of like made it die down a little bit, but COVID was also the same year that I started the collegiate chess league Hmm. online. So a lot of schools were able to join and compete and play online on chess.com. Oh, that's amazing. Do you still run that? Yeah. So that's actually my full-time job now with chess.com. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So you run the, and is it like a year round thing or is it like one major event? So it's essentially broken into two seasons a year, which is like fall and spring. So just basically varying uh, just a normal college semester. Hmm. So if I enroll in just like one class at Santa Monica College, can I join with their team? So in the past, yes, you could. But I think now we have a rule that you have to be enrolled in like a certain minimum of credits. So mm-hmm. I don't know off the top of my head what it is. But okay. okay, that's interesting. Any thoughts of expanding it to high schools? Because we have so many high school players. But, uh, you know, it's like our school doesn't have like an official team and yeah, it's hard to kind of get it all going. So that's actually one of the most common questions I get. Um like, hey, I'm a high school student. I saw this collegiate chess league thing. Like, do you have yeah. something for high school students? And the answer is no, unfortunately. So first and foremost, like, I'm really passionate about college competition. And like, that's my job and what I do. And that's like what I have time for. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, a high school league would be super cool, super fun. And like, super big too. Like, there's way more high schools than there are colleges. And also like with this recent chess boom, like high school kids are playing chess more now than ever. So it'd be a really cool time uh, for people to, to get into starting something like that. But like for me personally, it's just too much time and energy to, uh, to even like start something like that. But I know there's definitely an interest and I know that certain States actually do have their own, high school chess leagues which is really cool i know illinois has been doing something like that for a long time actually uh there's a massachusetts high school chess league that just started recently Mm. which is really cool um so yeah there's a lot of high school chess players uh and the world just needs more chess organizers to to make these tournaments happen yeah i was able to organize one event for our school we have like a sister school and so we challenged them and they brought like 20 chess players and we just had two rounds and then we just totaled up the points and uh, the other school defeated us. It was, uh, it was a terrible moment. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was fun for me to just kind of, you know, hang out with this uh, in this room of kids playing chess and like all the other students in the school. It was like in the exit way and they'd be like, what's going on? You guys have a chess tournament? I wish I was playing in that. And I was like, hey, you, you could have been playing in this. So it was a lot of fun. There's apparently this uh this like organization that's running uh scholastic chess events in LA. Hmm. You might have heard of. I forgot the name of it, but um there's a chess club downtown that I 
visited recently and one of the organizers there uh, runs it and he's been like trying to look for people that are interested in teaching chess like after school or even during school to these these different schools yeah um, so maybe they could start some like tournaments yeah that's good is this the like ica group that's running the tournament at the museum or is this the i don't think so. Group? you think so okay yeah oh you don't think so no i don't think so all right there's a bigger one that's in like the valley they've been holding a lot of tournaments up there i've taken my daughter to a bunch oh cool when i was at ucla there was this uh company called chess for success la hmm. run by some like former soviet union lady who's like a titled player uh she was pretty cool she was hiring me and other like ucla chess club members to help her run summer camps and like teach after school programs and like run tournaments and stuff uh but they're mostly focusing on like private schools in west la mm, okay. um but yeah i mean there's always there's always going to be kids playing chess and there's always going to be a need for organizers so if if there's any people out there listening that maybe want to organize high school tournaments like definitely go for it because there's a need for it yeah and it's funny i, I realized that while I personally think it's way more fun to play in person, it seemed like a lot of my students wanted an online tournament because they're like, well, I'm in sports. I, I can't just like stay after school and play in a tournament because I have my soccer practice and all these other things where if it was like, you know, a tournament um, that was at like seven or something every week or something like that, I could easily do that online. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, I mean, Obviously, I'm I'm biased and work for chess.com, but do you have a like an online club page? Not yet. I think that's, that's definitely that's probably coming next. I know there was like a professor, I think at UT Dallas. I think she worked for Chessable and now with chess.com. Her name is Alexi Root, Dr. Alexi Root. I think every year her class at UT Dallas, she would set up like a chess.com club page and like mm. offer extra credit to people that would like join and play or something. Um, yeah, but yeah, also super convenient um, for, for any coaches or club uh, yeah. organizers that, that want to do online events. All right, let's get back to your journey real quick. So you came back to chess. What happened? What made you start saying like, hmm, I should start playing over the board tournaments again well i mean i to me i never left chess like ah okay gotcha i had always been playing and organizing um yeah and when i graduated in 2018 i found out about the online world of twitch well i had known about twitch but i didn't know that there was a whole chess community there mm. um and so i like started watching chess on twitch like all day every day and i was like looking for jobs uh and like 2019 i finally got a job and i just got my own place and i started streaming chess uh on twitch and uh i don't know i just like was super into it and like i went to the pro chess league finals in san francisco in 2019 and that's where i met like danny wrench and all this other like chess.com staff members and like met with a bunch of streamers and players and that was like such a fun time for me. And like the pro chess league really inspired me to start the collegiate chess league. Oh. So, um, 
like earlier that year I had played in the U S amateur team West because a friend from UCLA like reached out to me and asked like, Hey, we need like another player. So mm-hmm. that's when I, that was like my next tournament at a graduation. But then I don't think I played again until maybe after COVID because I ended up going to, I think it was the North American open mm-hmm. uh, in December of 2019, which was like the last major tournament before COVID at least like that I was involved with, but I don't think I played. I think I just went to watch. Ah. Uh, and I met like Hans Neiman and I mean, there's like a whole bunch of, I feel like I met Kostia there maybe, oh. or like Nizhnik. I don't know. There's always these, a ton of awesome title players that are there. But uh, the next one wasn't until like June of, was it 2020 or 2021? I forgot. I played in the National oh, Open. Looks like it's post COVID. Yeah, it must have been twenty one. Yeah. Uh. So and then like once I've played in that, I was like, I love these Vegas tournaments. Like, there's always a ton of fun people there. I think I've been to like every National Open and North American Open since then. Yeah, I feel the same. Those are my favorite tournaments. There's, it's just a, I don't know, it's a big group, lots to do. I always do well in those for some reason too. I don't, I don't know what it is. And it looks like same with you, man. In the 21 National Open, you gained almost 100 points. And then in the 21 North American Open, you gained 130 points. How does one even do that? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I, I feel like if I knew, I would have made like a YouTube video or something. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Um, I mean, like I when I started streaming chess, I think that was the most I had played chess since like before college. Mm. Um, so like in high school, when I started, I was playing a ton cause I had a lot of free time. And then in college, I kind of like was going to these club meetings and playing there, but I didn't have a lot of time outside of that to play chess. And so then after I graduated and got into streaming, I was playing like all day, every day again, no, I mean, I was working a full-time job, but like when I got home, I ate dinner and then I streamed chess until I went to bed. And I did that every day. And then like when you 20, were streaming, 20... were you just playing games or were you doing other stuff? Yeah, I mean, it was mostly just playing, uh, but obviously I was like playing viewers and doing puzzles. And yeah, I mean, I was sometimes streaming other games uh, that weren't chess, but um, for the most part, it was like hours and hours and just playing in the pool. Uh, and like, obviously COVID I think helped Right. Cause you know, I, I was just, and at that point I, I wasn't even working. I was just streaming. Uh, so 2021 comes around, like I haven't played chess OTV in a long time, but I'd mm. probably been like the best, uh, skill wise that I had ever been. So, um, I was playing the under 1900 section. So yeah, 2021 was probably my best year. Like, I think I only played in those two tournaments and I think like, I hadn't played like any other tournaments besides the one in Vegas, uh, except yeah. for the Pacific Coast Open. And I did really poorly. So I like did really good in June and then played in the Pacific Coast Open, didn't do well at all. Yeah. I like drew a twelve hundred or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like I, I think I might have went like a half point above even or something, but definitely lost rating. But then back in Vegas, December, I, I crushed it. That was like the best tournament I had ever had. 
Yeah, it looks like just in a one year, not even a one year span, a six month span, you went from 1779 to 1950. And it sounds like your secret to success was just playing a ton of Blitz on stream. <laughs> well, I mean, I have nothing else to contribute it to because <laughs> I I've never taken any lessons. I've never had a coach and I've never read any chess books. I was just right. playing online and reviewing my games. So listeners out there, here's the deal. Get home from work, stream chess till you go to bed, and then you get to gain 150 points. It's pretty and great. Do that all through COVID. <laughs> oh, so, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, it was a lot of fun, obviously. Like, I wasn't stressed about, you know, getting any, like titles or whatever like obviously it'd be nice it'd be cool to get to 2000 or whatever um and like also after after the north american open in, in december of 21 i finally broke 1900 so i was playing in the under 1900 sections and doing really well and then i joined the under 2100 section uh. and i've played three tournaments since then uh both i think one was Okay, the first two I think were in Vegas and I lost like 40 rating each. So not doing very well. And then the most recent one uh was like what last weekend? <laughs> yeah. Uh it was like a year ago. It was such a debacle. <laughs> well, I I saw you there. Um yep. the Pacific Coast Open. That was the first time I did well in a tournament that was in the under 2100 section. And I you could have played in the under 19. Why didn't you go back to your glory? Well, section? so there's actually a really weird thing with USCF. Uh, so first and foremost, like I don't want to go back to under 1900 because hmm. uh, in December of 21, like I won the, the tournament. So uh, okay. I think that there's a rule that your rating floor should be set to that rating. If you win the tournament, if you win like a certain amount of prize money. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, um, I just don't want to play in the under 1900 anymore uh, because of that. But also, like, I don't know. I feel like if I were to play in the under 1900 and, like, won again, I would feel bad. And, like, I feel like it would also kind of look bad. That's interesting. Um, I think everyone else in the universe is like, that sounds great. I'll take another I 10 mean, grand. Like, I, I'm pretty sure, like, my rating floor should be 1900, but whatever. Yeah, that does seem weird. That they I don't I don't know I don't know the rules I don't know how it works I don't either I uh, haven't had to worry about that so that hasn't been an issue for me I haven't come close to winning any tournaments um okay so have you been doing anything uh this year to sort of prepare for these tournaments or is it streaming is it not even streaming so this year has been kind of interesting I I mean I've never really done much to prepare for tournaments in general um i mean like if anything i'll play a rapid time control instead of blitz Ooh, wow. uh yeah but uh <laughs> this year in particular like even streaming i've i've felt like i've i've done less uh because mm. like last year i was living in oregon and i had a nice like streaming setup and then i just moved back to california uh and so now my like stream setup is 
just like this office that I'm in, which isn't really a, a stream setup or anything, but I'm looking for like a new place and uh, kind of more focusing on on that before I get back into streaming and then like improving it. My USCF rating is like not not even close to a priority, to be honest. Okay. I'm curious. Do you go to these big events then just because they're fun to you? It's just fun to play chess? win or lose just hanging out playing some chess uh yeah for the most part it's because of that but also i think it's it's really fun for me to like see people in person and like these kind of events are always um good good places to to meet other chess players and um i mean ultimately if you if you even go back to the beginning like playing chess for me has always been a social endeavor like i've always just been trying to make friends and find people through chess uh, and I guess I just so happen to be like decent at it, which is a bonus, but ultimately chess for me is a social thing. Hmm. So that's why the Vegas tournaments are so appealing is because it draws the most people. Yeah. So. Okay. Do a lot of people recognize you as Joe Bruin? Um, I mean, I don't think so, but obviously like there are people that will recognize me, which is always fun. Um, but I, I don't ever go and like expect people to know who I am or feel like I'm one of these like chess celebrities. Like yeah. it's funny, the first time I met Levy or Gotham Chess was at the 2019 Pro Chess League finals. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, you know, a regular streamer at that point. Right. And then the next time I saw him was one of one of these like Vegas tournaments. I think he was uh at that point like trying to get GM norms. Um mm-hmm. And like he was making a lot of YouTube videos on it, and like seeing him walking around, he was like swarmed by people. Like yeah. you couldn't even go up to him and say hi. It was uh, it was really impressive, actually. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, like, no one really knows who I am, but huh. th- there are like obviously like these chess streamers there that I like, I like to hang out with, um, cool. which is always fun. Yeah, I, I when I go, there's usually a couple people who will say come up to me and say hi, but there's almost always at least one person who will be like, "Are you the guy with the podcast?" And I'll be like, "Maybe." And they're like, "Perpetual chess, right?" And I'm like, "No." And they're like, "Oh, that's the only one I know." And I'm like, "All right, Ben Johnson's awesome." <laughs> but, and then they walk but away. But they they get this podcast vibe from you. I guess. <laughs> Do they hear me talking about it? They hear your voice. They're like, "Oh, that's yeah. a podcast voice." And then I'll be like, I was on perpetual chess once. And they're like, oh, that's what it is. And I'm like, uh, okay, cool. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I I I didn't know. Like, I I actually don't really listen to podcasts, but obviously I know about perpetual and um obviously like C Squared just recently came out. Um yeah. and yeah, playing against you was was really cool. Like it's always fun to to meet other UCLA alumni and uh I'm glad that we stayed in touch because I, I think what you're doing is pretty cool. Yeah, I think that's really funny that we met as UCLA alumni. Like that was our whole interchange. We exchanged numbers based on that. And then it was only after the fact where I was like, oh, wait, that's the streamer guy. I didn't even know that. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, you, the only reason why you know is because my water bottle has UCLA on it, right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. So you brought it up. Yep. You could have. You could have just let me go. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm like you. I think chess is the social part is fun. I love sitting down and talking to my opponent. I'm always sad when they're like, no, man, I got my game face on. I'm just here to crush you. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, that's too bad. I thought maybe we could be pleasant as well. I think also for me, like you're still in LA and I'm still nearby. So it makes sense. And like, if we're going to other chess clubs and stuff in the area, like it's, it's good to know people and, and make friends that way. I agree. I say we take a couple minutes and uh, recap the Pacific coast open since we had such different experiences there um let, let's start with you how was your experience <laughs> what, what was your overall record so overall i went four out of six okay uh i played in the two day so it was a three-day tournament with two games a day but i i was busy friday so i registered for the two day which is four games on the first day on saturday what uh the first three being a faster time control mm. and then you join the regular section on the fourth game and then the next day is two games at the normal time. Uh, so the first game, or was it? Yeah, I, I had, I had, I had four wins and two losses. Oh, okay. Um, I played a fourteen hundred in the first game and won, mm. and then I lost to a two thousand. Uh, in the second game, and then I beat a seventeen hundred in the third game. And then the fourth game was probably my highest rated win ever. I played a gentleman by the name of Eric Rosenberg. So uh, that was very exciting. How did Eric Rosen get the under 2100? <laughs> so, so this guy apparently uh, is 2080, but he told me he hadn't played in a tournament in 30 years. Wow. Uh, oh so goodness. yeah. It was a really fun game. I was like attacking him this whole time because he played like a really like he didn't castle at all, like ever. Uh, and he developed his queen early where like I would just get a free tempo on it. And so at that point, I was like, all right, I'm just going to like crush this guy. And like his opening was just so suspicious. Uh, and somehow like he was slower than me. Like I'm really slow, but he was using more time than me, which is great. And we're getting to like move 40 and he's completely stopped annotating and he has like no time on his clock. Mm. And I'm just trying to like put as much pressure on him as possible. And then I end up getting in time pressure. And then that's when we reach move 40 and he just somehow defended everything. Uh, and then we get into this very even in the game. It's like Rook and Bishop and a, a few pawns hmm. uh and then i guess like after reaching time control and he had a little bit more time he like relaxed because i was about to like play a move that essentially i'm checking him with my rook and he's just moving his king back and forth and it's about to be a perpetual hmm. and i'm thinking to myself like if he per like repeats i'm gonna do something else and like try to fight for the win but i might be actually in a worse position at that point but he actually initiated the declining of the perpetual by playing a suboptimal move himself and he just totally overlooked the check that i had with my bishop which ended up winning me a pawn and then from there i just 
like put his king in the corner and was essentially about to checkmate him and he tried defending but it was like too late so i think after we reached the time control he he blundered um which i feel like is kind of a common thing to do mm -hmm. actually yeah usually interesting but it was a really fun game for me and uh, like i said i think it was the highest rated player i've ever beat which is a pretty awesome. cool milestone do you feel like maybe the reason that happened is because he was like i'm not gonna draw with someone who's 1800 i'm 2000 right like i'm pushing for the win um i think that the position was even and if anything like he was about to win one of my pawns uh and so he didn't necessarily want a perpetual i think that like he also just didn't know that i was also not gonna go for a perpetual yeah um because i was repeating checks but um i think that like, dance is so interesting because you're like huh Huh? I yeah, did that we, we were we were on the second one, and like yeah. I think if he had went back, like if I had checked him a third time, it would have been a draw. But I was gonna like decline the draw. Mm -hmm. But he decided not to even give me the opportunity. Yeah. Um. But uh, I don't know. I I I always try to play for the win. Um. Like, unless it's like obviously worse for me. Uh. But. I think like for him, I, I don't know if it was like, oh, I don't want to like draw against the lower rated player. I, I think that he just um genuinely thought that he like had had a chance because okay. like I said, he was about to win a pawn, but I think he just overlooked that I was also winning like a stronger pawn. Gotcha. Uh because essentially what it was was I had a two on one majority against his king side, but he had a two on one majority on my queen side. But oh. My yeah. majority was like a lot closer to his uh back rank than than his and so um he just missed that I, I was like taking it with like really strong threats uh and so he just blundered i think he just blundered because it, it, it was also like three and a half hours yeah. into the match at that point so it was really exhausting so yeah okay so it sounds like a Great event. You got your highest win ever. You gained a bunch of rating points. Did you have a good time? Did you meet a lot of people? So, uh, yeah, I registered because uh, one of my friends told me about it and it was his first ever tournament. Oh, that's uh, so I was like trying to help support him How do you in do? that process. He ended up going three and a half out of six. That's awesome. Uh, which is pretty good for your first time. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I actually ended up not gaining that much rating, unfortunately, because I think mm -hmm. the guy like that was 2080 like maybe because he hadn't played in so long it doesn't like impact it that much oh yeah i don't know i'm not sure but yeah after that i was thinking like man i'm three out of four like this could be really good for me yeah and then i lost to a 1900 who played very well and I, my opening was horrible mm. uh and then my last game it was funny i got paired with a 1200 and i was like oh man and this 1200 was three out of five which was the same as me so i was like dang oh. they're like they're actually not doing poorly in the section, so they must be really underrated. And the last time I played in the Pacific Coast Open, I had like the worst game of my life, and I drew a twelve hundred, uh -huh. um, and I got lucky too. <laughs> but uh, I was like, okay, uh, let's try to take this somewhat seriously, and I ended up winning a pawn on like move eight, mm. and then from there on, I played really badly, and they were like 
bringing a lot of pressure to me. Like, I, I don't know what happened. My middle game was atrocious, but they ended up messing up at the end. And I, mm. I luckily won that. <laughs> but I only gained like 15 rating overall. Yeah, it's interesting but, how even when you have one matchup against somebody pretty low rated and you had two, it really can skew that. Like I played a local tournament and I went like, I don't know, three out of five and lost some rating points because one of the opponents was rated 700 that I happened to get paired with. And I was like, yeah. okay, that's frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I'll take it though. Cause like I said, the last two tournaments I played and I, I lost a bunch, so it's good to be back in the, in the positive. Yeah. Um, my tournament didn't go quite as well as yours. I, uh, I lost to someone quite good in the first round, like 1850, I had played him before and he recognized me immediately and he was like, we, we meet again. And I was like, I don't recognize you, which uh, felt bad about that. Then, then I came to me. Then I played an unrated person in the second round. And I was like, unrated in the 1900, you're either like phenomenally good or you're so like lost. And I talked to the guy and he was just like, well, I'm 1800 on chess.com. So I thought like this was my spot and he mm -hmm. actually played fine. I beat him. I did check though his rating coming out of this tournament was 376. Mm. So that is uh that's unfortunate for him. Uh I think he's underrated though. He's not 376 because yeah. he played and he was very good. Well, he's 1800 online, so yeah, exactly. So that's that would be I, I'm just hoping he doesn't quit tournament chess because he's like, What? Uh, surely not. Uh and then I lost to I don't know, an eighteen hundred. Then game four was just horrific check this out uh i don't you probably didn't notice because you were over farther but we're in van nuys california where it's about 800 degrees uh and so they have this air conditioner that's cooling the room but instead of spreading it out it just blows onto this one spot and then moves throughout the room and i happen to sit at the table that it's blowing at there's like uh, like 10 tables it's blowing on and by the end of the round, I'm just like shaking from cold. Um, and I played someone who was in the mid 1800s. We had a good game. And I just had one of those really frustrating chess moments where your brain just fails to work. So like it's a rook pawn ending. Um, he gets his pawn all the way down. And uh, I can't stop it. All I can do is sack my rook for it. But I actually have two pass pawns of my own. And my king is next to one and I can just escort it down. And then he has to have sack his rook for it. And so when we got to that point where I had to sack my rook for the pawn, I had been wanting to leave for a half hour already. And I just looked at it and I was like, all right, you've got it. And I resign. And then I get back to my room and I'm like, wait, did I resign a dead draw? So that was, uh, that was one of those moments where I was like, okay, the knowledge that I think I have about stuff like rook endings has not been translated into full skill yet. That was really embarrassing and horrible. Uh, it happens for sure. Um, but yeah, those those rook and pawning games are always annoying. Like yeah. for the most part, I have a friend that jokes around and says like every rook and pawn in the game is a draw. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I've decided to tell myself is like no matter how much you're down in a rook pawn end game, it's a draw unless it's like a really weird position you should be able to draw it and just keep fighting for that draw it's kind of like our game it yeah was, i don't even remember exactly draw. how our game ended 
Oh you, no! Now I remember. You thought you were pinning my pawn. Yeah, yeah. I pulled uh, what the people at my club call pulling a Kevin, where hmm. you have a great position, but you think you have a game-winning tactic, and you go for that tactic, and it actually loses the game. That's called pulling a Kevin. <laughs> the Kevin tactic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was uh, it's, yeah, no, I, that was funny because you were also hamming it up a bit. You're like, oh no. I overlooked this and I was like, oh, so he thinks it doesn't work for sure. But I think it works anyway, even if he thinks it doesn't work. I uh, I remember we traded off everything. Really, You actually were totally outplaying me in the middle game. I remember like I had this really horrible backwards pawn that you were holding back. And then somehow I got it through. But then you were like, you had like your queen and both rooks all lined up, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm like probably gonna lose a pawn." And then I found this one move that like saves it. Yeah. Uh. So like, yeah. At some point, I was thinking I was losing the pawn, but then I realized like, I uh, I had some like, in between move or something. Yeah. Uh. And then I guess you you like we ba- essentially we both calculated that I was losing a pawn, and then I found the solution, and then you just didn't see the solution. So then yeah, what I for saw the was. I thought you found the solution, but I found the solution to the solution. Uh, but you found the solution to the solution uh, to the solution. Yeah, that that one intermezzo. Yeah, and that one I didn't feel as bad about because it was kind of like it was kind of a cool little tactical sequence. I I felt like I should have seen it, but it wasn't like a one move tactic. It was like you know a several move combination kind of thing. I'm just glad it worked out for me because yeah, I, me too. I feel so <laughs> great for you. <laughs> I had a, a super similar game in my first Pacific Coast Open, uh, where it was just a dread, dead drawn position. My my opponent like blundered a rook essentially, and I'm like, man, I I really gotta like play better out of the middle middle game because I can't like rely on these blunders. Because like if you didn't blunder, like there's nothing for me to play yeah. off of, right? Like I was totally passive and. I just yeah, got I was lucky. feeling really good about that position. I, I was I was like, okay, yeah, I, I was feeling bad. So I got this guy in the sense. run. I'm gonna win this one. And I was like, oh my goodness, I have a game winning tactic right here. Like, I'm gonna win this pod. <laughs> it's tough, man. Oh man. All right. So to finish my own recap, I lost, and then the final game I drew, and it's one of those really frustrating things where like. I put it in the computer later and the computer says you guys both played a 96% accuracy game and it's a 1600 versus a 1550. And I'm like, what? Why don't you just make a horrible mistake so I can win the game already? So he played great and we drew. Uh, yeah. Pile of rating points again. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. I've decided that um, I, I've had a divorce from USCF rating. Like mm. they can rate me all they want. But I'm just going to be like, whatever, guys, like you do your thing over there with a rating pool points. And I'm going to do my thing over here, which is just study and play chess. Yeah, I think a lot of people both online and over the board put a lot of emphasis on like whatever their rating is. But like it doesn't really define you or it's just a number, right? Like rating comes and goes. Um, You can have a good tournament or bad tournament. Like I think people put too much value into it. but. I do understand like why you know titles are like it's like you could get a title with like 2200 USCF you become a national master whatever it sounds really cool and like people yeah. respect the title or whatever but it's like even for me like 
at almost 1900 it's like man you know 300 rating points is a lot like that is yeah. not something that you could just do uh you know easily that's like you got to put in a lot of effort and work and time and you have to be ready to commit and for me it's just like you know i enjoy chess like chess is my life and i love it but i'm not like ready to commit to like get 300 uscf rating it's like crazy um to do that to me at least but but like obviously the idea of it is really enticing and sounds really cool and all of that but um i think like I, I don't know how, how, like right now you just said you're divorced from USCF or whatever, but like before, did you have a certain like rating goal in mind? Like a certain I still number? I do long-term. Like for me, it's about, it always has been more about like doing the work and kind of assuming the points will come at some point. I would like to hit 2000 at some point. Um, I don't know if that's going to be, realistic for me or not but i do put in quite a bit of work for a while there it was looking more realistic as i like you know gained a hundred and some like 150 points in uh eight months or something but then i lost it all back so then you're kind of like hmm i put in all that work i gained all those points then i lost them all what does that even mean because i'm clearly better than i was you know a year ago so i just kind of have to keep doing the work and you know, like if I never hit 2000, whatever, that's fine. Um, like, like you said, it's not like even hitting 2000, something would happen. Like my wife wouldn't burst in the room and be like, I love you twice as much as I used to. Right. Like nothing will happen if I hit 2000 other than I'll be able to be like, I, I have a 2000 rating. Yeah. Like, 2000 is such a nice milestone. Yeah. My students already think I'm a God. They're like, <laughs> I play on chess.com. I heard you're a chess player. What's your rating? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm rapid. I'm like 1800. They're like 1800. Yeah. I'm 800. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, no, I, I totally get like, even for me, like, like end of 2021, I was like the highest I had ever been. Like I had just won a huge tournament. Like I was like 1950 and it's like so close to 2000. Yeah. Uh, And like, obviously 2000 is such a big like milestone or whatever. Like, obviously I would love to get to 2000. And it's like the closest milestone to me. So it's like, all right, that's the next logical step. But I'm just like too lazy to be like, all right, so when's the next tournament? How how am I going to like train hard to get this extra 50 rating or whatever? Because mm -hmm. um, then I, I play again and I like lose 40. Like, because I go up a section and then it's like everyone's harder. And I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, eventually I'd like to get to 2000. Just so I guess cool, the question right? is this. You say you'd like to get to 2000, but you also said you haven't really studied it all. Is there any part of you that's like, what if I actually studied chess? Like I could get a book or a course or a coach so, or anything. Uh, I think in the national open, when I got second place, you get like a $50 voucher to their store if you go like over half or something. So I ended up getting two books. Ooh. Um. So yeah, the thing about me is I'm I'm like super cheap. I'm like not a big spender or whatever. So I'd never bought or paid for like lessons or coaches or books. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, if I could get two books for free, like great. So I got two books and I, I couldn't even tell you what they were because I started reading one of them and I was like, this is just so like boring. Like I cannot put myself through this. Um, 
it's really hard to follow. Like they're saying like all these moves and like, I need a board at me and with me at all times. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, and I didn't even get to the second book, unfortunately, but mm. like, yeah, it's easy to say, like, it's nice to get the rating, but I understand like it takes a lot of work and effort and I'm just like too busy doing other things or nothing. <laughs> right. You're just enjoying chess for what it is. You yeah. go to tournaments, it either goes well or it doesn't go well. And you're like, okay, it was fun. Yeah, like for me, time. like I I really enjoy streaming a lot. And um like I, I think it helps to be, you know, higher rated, but like even watching Pog Champs, which just started today, is like super entertaining. Mm. Um, like I don't think if you want to be, you know, a good streamer, <clears throat> you you don't need any chess rating really. You just need to be entertaining. Um and like I would rather focus on like improving my my stream and like other social media content, which like, I, I'm really not doing much of to be honest. But um like yeah, I, I'm really enjoying just playing chess and meeting people through chess. Like my rating has never mattered that much to me. And also like I think winning the under 19 under section at the North American Open is like such a cool accomplishment already yeah. that like like I, I know I'm a good player. Um, I don't need like two thousand rated or like a master title to like prove it. Um, but I think it's so interesting because I'm I'm really torn. Like I'm trying to put my head in the, my viewers' heads, and I'm like, are they going to be like, Joe is my hero? He just plays chess and gets better. Or are they going to be like, Joe is the enemy? Like he doesn't even study chess, and he's eight hundred points higher rated than well, me. I mean. Like, like I mentioned earlier, like I'm 1800 now and I started at like 1800, but I started like 10 years ago. So like really my rating hasn't changed. Like I, like I've gotten better as a player, but it's like, mm -hmm. like my peak rating is 1950. So I've gotten a little bit better in that regard, but it's like, ultimately my rating hasn't really changed that much, but also like, okay, it's kind of crazy to start that high. I think like, yeah, if I started at like less than a thousand and I'm 1800 now it's like it makes a lot of sense right yeah so you could see that as like long-term improvement um but uh yeah I don't know like maybe some people will appreciate like my point of view but maybe some people will be like that's just crazy or whatever but like like rating to me isn't that important but to others it, it is and it's just what you make of it I guess yeah I hear you <clears throat> rating is such a Rating is such a funny thing because when my rating was going up, I was like, I don't care about rating. I just do the work and what happens happens. And what happens is it goes up. And then when I was doing the work and it was tanking, I was like, wait a second. Do I actually care more about the rating than I was claiming I do? I think I do. And I don't know. It's It's been a really uh, uh, roller coaster year for me with that. Yeah. Oh, well. I'm going to continue saying I don't care about rating and doing the work and seeing what happens, which is the opposite of you. You're going to not do the work and uh, just have fun and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even have to see what happens. I just have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so jealous of your approach. You're just like, yeah, I, I play chess. I run a chess league. I mean, chess like, is my life and it's great. I have USCF rating because you need the USCF membership to play in these tournaments, right? It's like I, I would play in these tournaments just to just to play like 
honestly, I, I also, uh, I think, uh, one of these recent Vegas tournaments, I went and didn't register, uh, mm -hmm. and I just played in like poker tournaments, and like that was also very enjoyable for me because I, I was like, I'm not in the right mental space to like play right now. Hmm. Um, I just like wasn't feeling confident. Like it was a time where I hadn't been streaming a lot. Like I hadn't been playing a lot. I was just feeling very rusty, and I think yeah. I think like confidence is also pretty important when you're playing. Uh, so I was just like. Of course, I want to go and like see everyone and and enjoy the environment and the scenery or whatever. Um, but like, I'm just not feeling like playing, so I just went and didn't register. But I was doing other things like poker and and obviously like hanging out with people in between rounds and getting food or whatever. Um, and that was very enjoyable for me as well because like a lot of times chess tournaments can be super stressful. Yeah. Uh, and like. If you're ever playing chess and you're like, man, this sucks. Like, why am I doing this? Like, then just, you know, and don't do it. Try to try to think of like why you were there in the first place. Like if you're playing chess to win, it's like, that's very stressful because you won't always win. Right. So like, if you're, if you're like, I enjoy chess because I like beating people, it's like, well, you have to also accept that you're going to get beat. And like, if that is too much for you to accept, then you might want to reconsider like why you're playing chess because like for me it's like i play chess because i enjoy meeting people and it's fun win or lose right so i can play in a tournament and lose and lose rating but still have like taken something out of that experience yeah um, i think that was a weird thing for my family i came back and they're like oh are you really upset like the tournament went bad and i was like oh no i had a great time my friend cody was there we hung out the whole time we grabbed a bunch of meals together we did some rook endings in between rounds. It was great fun. And they're like, but you lost most of your games. I was like, I don't understand why you have to keep bringing up that I lost most of my games. I've accepted it. You need to also. Yeah. Yeah. I think like um, in my last Vegas tournament, I lost my last game, which I think I ended up, uh, it was like three out of seven and winning that would have put me at like four out of seven, which would have been positive. And mm -hmm. I think also you like, win the chess board and the set and like yeah. probably you get like a voucher at the store or whatever and i think the player was also lower rated than me and i was actually like winning so i blundered a piece at the very end and i was like oh that was like such a horrible feeling and my opponent was like this uh young like teenage kid and he was like really freaking out at the board and like super stoked and like even uh -huh. before the match he was like he was like, man, I wonder if I'll win anything at like four out of seven or whatever. It's like, listen, bud, you got to play the game first before you can start talking about like winning or whatever. And so I, I like was like, man, this kid is like really excited for it and like stoked about it. And it's like when I lose sometimes, I think about like, hey, at least my opponent's like really happy, you know, <laughs> like I could sacrifice my own happiness if it means other people you know want it more than me right it's like but yeah. obviously i still want to win like especially in a winning position it's like i should be able to convert so like ultimately it feels bad because i know i i didn't like play my best you know like no one wants to drop a piece like a blunder right yeah but like ultimately i, I get over lo losses like that pretty quickly I, I don't let that kind of stuff like affect me okay that's cool I've gotten better at it for sure. This is one of the reasons why I quit chess 20 years ago. I was like, Michael Jordan was my idol in his like 
if you have to kill everyone around you to win, you do that. Like that was my mentality. And that's hard in chess because when you're not good at chess, you will lose a lot of chess games. And so mm-hmm. I did go from like a thousand to seventeen hundred in a year, but I had a tournament where I lost most of my games. I I joined like the open section or something because I was like, Yeah, I'm on the rise. And I got crushed and my ego couldn't handle it at all. And I was just kind of like, all right, chess isn't for me. I need, I need to be able to win almost every time to enjoy chess. So mm-hmm. yeah. Now, yeah, now I'm in a different place in my life, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense that you would quit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I went uh, on bad, playing basketball. People aren't that good at basketball. That was great. That was so fun. Well, I, that's also good for like physical activities. I, I'd like need to, do something more physical because I just sit in here all day and do nothing. Mm. Okay. Well, maybe we'll, we'll contact. I don't know what, what <sighs> physical activities you do. Uh, well, right now, not much, but um, maybe I'll buy a bike. Wow. Okay. Biking. biking in LA just seems so dangerous. No, I, yeah, I, before I had my car, I was biking a lot. And it, oh, okay. it honestly sucks. But like, if you're like, at the beach or like if you're somewhere mm. where it's like nice like a park or something yeah that makes um, sense no I, in college i was much more active uh after graduating it's just been harder for me yeah i hear you that's that's the perils of being an adult right trying to carve out time for chess exercise if you're like me your wife your children family yeah driving them everywhere had to sit at the park for 30 minutes today waiting for them to finish their run i was like i could be out running what what does my life come to here so run run with them well it's with a track team it'd be kind of weird like i brought my dad (laughs) (laughs) just just be on the outside lane that's true that's true all right well joe thanks so much for coming by and sharing your approach of uh you know enjoying chess for the chess sake ratings who cares right we're just having fun playing chess we're having fun meeting people i really appreciate your approach hopefully i can adopt it more in my own uh chess experience well i mean like i said it's it's different for everyone and i feel like it's also kind of easy for me to say like that i started with 1800 i'm like all right well that's that's good enough for me like i'm i'm happy to be here whatever but like yeah if i was lower rated like maybe it would bother me enough to like care and try to like work harder at it or whatever so um take everything i say with a grain of salt i guess uh but no it's an honor to be here i appreciate it um and it was really nice that you'd invite me after i beat you (laughs) (laughs) that's how generous i am (laughs) exactly all right well to you listeners out there i hope this is the week where you break out of your slump and you gain a hundred points in one tournament and you win the under 1900 section. But if it's not, and it's the tournament where you lose to almost everyone, uh, you know, it happens. It happens. Come back next week. We'll have another guest. We'll have some more tips for you. Maybe they'll actually study chess. I don't know. It's possible. All right. I'll see you all next time, everybody. Goodbye.